Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And in this episode, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, hosting, asking the questions. We're going to basically be going over accounting terms. Yeah. And so I'll I'll basically throw them at you. I've got answers here, too. Yeah. Um, so this is part of this, like a test as well. Yeah, pretty much. I have no. Can we doubt, edit out if I get them wrong? Yeah, yeah I have no doubt you'll get these right. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not. These aren't you know deep in the manual. Right. These are just basic accounting terms. I thought it would be good for people who are you know like me who don't you know you don't come across these terms every day. Right. But these aren't quite accounting jargon, but they're just good terms to know, get a better understanding. When you're looking at your own books, when you're talking finances about your business uh, with your staff, other people, certainly your CPA, just so you're on the same page about what they are. Yeah, and I I would tell you, you know, when you're saying that, it brings up a point that that somebody made to me when I was coming out of school, which was I was going to work for a a small CPA firm. Uh, This was in college, and and the guy said, um, you know, your next job, they're going to think they're going to think a little bit more of you because you know the form numbers. That was his thing. So he said when you go to the next job and in your interview, you can talk the forms and they understand taxes. It just gives a little bit of more credibility. So I think in that same kind of vein, you understanding these accounting terms, you don't have to be a accountant, but like you can have a conversation at a cocktail party and kind of understand it gives you a little bit more credibility, which is kind of like accounting on the beach, right? Exactly. You talk... <laughs> If you've you listened to the podcast, oh, I saw it immediately. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you don't talk assets yeah. at your uh, yeah. at your cocktail parties. Uh, yeah, last time I went to a cocktail party, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I talked accounting. I know, and I'm saying that sounds so like old fashioned. Yeah. I was cocktail in merger, party. I was in mergers and acquisitions at the time. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Yeah. All let's right. Get, let's so get let's into just it. get into yeah, it. Let's all right. <laughs> first one, and right. and I came from a uh, service based business when I first started, um, and so anytime I generated a PNL, I would always have like the most random number. <laughs> in the cost of goods sold line. Ah. And it took me a while to figure out what, right. why are things landing up here? What is this? Yep. Um, so go for it. Yeah, cost of goods sold would be the direct inputs to the thing or service you produce. So I think the best way to give an, would be an example. So let's talk, we'll talk two examples, product-based business and service-based business. Okay, so if you, if you think about a product-based business and you go, and let's just say, I'm going to call it a widget. You sell a widget. It's on. You've got 100 of them on the shelf. You bought 100. And you bought them each for $10. So you bought $1,000 worth of inventory. Right? 100 times 10? 1,000. Yeah. I'm the accountant, right? Yeah. We're All not right. at a cocktail party, so, my, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm off. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your guard is down. <laughs> um, okay, so you got a hundred. You got $1,000 worth of inventory. Every time you sell one of those... You move it from inventory, which is a balance sheet account. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. To cost of goods sold to measure how much do I, how much does each item that I'm selling cost me? So, for example, if you sold one of those widgets for fifteen dollars, you wouldn't want your P and L to say you made fifteen dollars and you spent a thousand. That's a what a nine hundred eighty five dollar loss. You you'd want it to say I made fifteen dollars of revenue and had ten dollars of cost of goods sold. I made five bucks. The other $990 is an asset on my balance sheet to be used over time. Okay. So direct input cost of what you're selling 
would be cost of goods sold on the product side. On the service side, you don't normally have a lot of cost of goods sold, but what you could say if you really, if you wanted, and it, and it is somewhat subjective, cost of goods sold would be the direct inputs to producing the service you provide. So I know in my business, I don't say my staff is cost of goods sold, but you could. You could say um, that direct staff person producing a tax return or a set of financials or a conversion to zero is the direct input cost of producing that service. Contrast that with like office supplies, which don't have a direct correlation to producing revenue. Right. I, I'm assuming the bottom line is the same. Correct. That's right. Right. In That's terms right. of like, if you're just payroll being an expense or the inventory being an expense, right. at the end of the day, when you file your taxes, it's still... It does, but it helps to have the nuance because I think I mentioned this before. I don't know that we're going to get in a fixed or variable cost, but it's helpful to know, okay, um, if I've got it in cost to get sold, I know how many of a certain thing I need to sell to break even on the rest of the cost. So again, example is always good. On my first example, I said I have a product I bought for $10 and I sell for 15 Okay, So I make $5 per product. How many of those $5 per products do I have to sell to cover my, you know, let's just say my $1,000 of operating expenses? Well, the answer is 200 mm -hmm. So that's why the cost of goods sold is important because now I know, okay, I make $5 per unit and I've got to cover $1,000 of rent and health insurance and office supplies and right. the list goes on and on and on. So if you're a computer company and you make computers, the yep. components that you buy are Correct. those cost of goods sold? That's right. So anything you're fabricating and putting together, that's right. individual, you yeah, know. Yeah, I guess the way you could put it is the direct, I'm saying input costs, the direct, the, the, the costs that are consumed in making your product. Okay. Yep. All right. Good deal. Okay. Inventory. Okay. All right. So we kind of, kind of. Brush on that Yeah, one. we yeah. kind of brush. So inventory is a balance sheet account. I think that's important to know. And I will give you an example of how to understand balance sheet accounts. Balance sheet accounts would be like if you were filling out a personal financial statement. A lot of people have done that before. You wouldn't list your silverware unless it was like your grandma's fine china, right? Mm -hmm. But you would list your car because it has value that extends out past or it has material value. That's how you think about an asset, and that's what inventory is. So inventory in my initial example, I said you wouldn't spend $1,000 and just put it in cost of goods sold. The reason you don't do that is because it has value. So you put it on your balance sheet as an asset, and then it, so your balance sheet is really is a snapshot of the company's net worth. So that's why, again, I gave you that personal financial statement concept. So inventory, you put it on your balance sheet as an asset, and as you use it or sell it or consume it, you cost it. So back to the initial example, $10 per unit. Every time you sell one, it comes out of assets because you no longer have it and goes into cost of goods sold on the P&L. So inventory and cost of goods sold have a really direct relationship. They go hand in hand. Gotcha. Real quick caveat on some of my personal curiosity. So my wife's retail business, can you clarify, she keeps track of her inventory right. and what's the tax burden there? Because doesn't she have to... Pay well, taxes on her inventory. Well, you, yes, but not. In, I, I think not. I think not what you're thinking. So okay. you pay taxes on inventory as a property tax. So local jurisdictions here in Louisiana, we have parishes, want to know what your inventory is because they charge you a tax on it. Okay, that's a property tax. But what I think you're, what I think you mean is, you don't get to deduct it currently. Right. So that's why, again, back to my example of if you bought a thousand dollars worth of inventory, 
It's an and asset. It's an asset. It's not a deduction yet. I see. So I think people kind of think, oh, I'm paying tax. I've heard that term before. That's why I'm glad you're asking. People think I'm, I'm paying taxes on that. Well, no, but you're not deducting it. If So if that's what you mean by I'm paying taxes on it, then yes. It hasn't been deducted. It's deducted against the sales that relate to that inventory. Right. But so if you spend $100... It's not a current deduction. It's not... You're talking about the inventory? But so it would be... It wouldn't be taken from your bottom line. So technically, you are Correct. paying a tax on that hundred dollars income, right? No, you're just not deducting it. So I just wanted—that's what I'm saying to make it clear. <laughs> yeah, because paying seems a, like all roads lead to the same amount of money. Well, I would say paying a tax on something is like a is like a direct it's a direct hit. Like paying a tax on something is generally reserved for income. I get income in, I pay a tax on it. Mm-hmm. But but what you're saying is. I just and that's why I'm really drilling down on the point. It's just that you don't get a deduction for it. Right, man. I'm not understanding. So if it seems like, because what I have learned is this path pass through accounting, right? Or pass through. <laughs> that's a tax concept. Tax tax concept. Yeah. And we're gonna keep it to vocabulary yeah. here. So once once I get this, yeah. then, then I'll. I think an example is gonna I'll help. Stop you. hijacking the podcast. Right. Um, but I'm just thinking, okay, you spend $100 on inventory, and then at the end of the year, that's now $100 worth of assets that you have. Right. That $100 doesn't count towards your your adjusted your gross. profitability. Yeah. Yeah. What you pay taxes on. Right. Yes, that's right. So let me let me I'm gonna try to answer it with an example. Okay. Let's say you started your business on December 31st, and you went and spent a thousand dollars on inventory. Basically, your balance sheet, and let's just assume you put the, you personally put in the thousand dollars to the business. So your balance sheet at the end of the year would say a th- zero cash. You put in a thousand and you spent it. Your inventory, you bought it, so it's a thousand, and your equity is a thousand. You contributed the money, so your balance sheet balances has a thousand dollars of assets, thousand dollars of equity. Okay, let's stop there. Has not affected your P and L yet. You haven't sold one of them. So to your point, you have not deducted it yet. Okay, mm. let's do let's let's. Bring the example one day forward. First day of the year, next year, you go, okay, I've had it with this business. I'm going to sell all my inventory for 1200 bucks, And that's the only transaction you have. The first day of the year, you sell it for $1,200, $1,200 of sales, $1,000 of cost of goods sold, $200 profit. And now you're out. So that's kind of how you measure it. You only deduct the inventory as cost of it sold when it's sold. Yeah. So when you buy it, doesn't provide a current benefit for taxes. Right. So... That that clears it up. Okay. I think the important thing to note is that inventory is an asset. That's right. And that makes a lot of sense. That yeah. That's right. And it's one of those assets you don't get a current benefit. Like most people listening to this probably have gotten a piece of equipment, which is, a, which is also an asset, but they get depreciation against it with bonus depreciation in Section 179. Normally, you get to write it off immediately. So inventory is one of those things where... It's a little different in that you only write it off as you consume it. There's no accelerated write-off of inventory. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So assets. Assets. Yeah, we danced around it a lot. Assets are things that provide a longer value than a year, I guess is what you would think of. So you wouldn't buy, go to Office Depot and buy paper clips and put that on your balance sheet as an asset. That's just a cost, right? That's a period cost that goes on your profit and loss statement. But these are things that have a long-lived value. Your inventory, your fixed assets, so your, you know, this table I'm knocking on here, your furniture, your computers, all that kind of stuff are assets. They have value that that goes out into the future. What do you recommend 
like, are there some good thresholds in terms of keeping track of them? I know I've, in the past, like expensive computers that I've bought, we've kept track of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so since you know most most people, they don't need to do their financial statements or their accounting in such a way that it's other, it's anything other than used for closely close management and tax, and that's really no different than what we do. And the point I'm making is that the tax law allows you to buy an item. And if it's $2,500 or less individually, so you went and bought two computers and it cost you 4800 bucks, those are each $2,400, the tax code allows you to write those off, meaning don't even put them on the balance sheet and depreciate them. Just put them directly to office supplies or some kind of like de minimis account. So to your point, yes, if you bought a computer for three grand, we would put it on the balance sheet. But the concept is not that much different than the one not that's not for 2500 it's just a kind of a tax thing okay. so but but generally speaking if you if you technically were doing it proper you would put that computer for 2400 on the balance sheet am i saying that am i okay. i'm kind of talking a circle to, to, to like, what to what benefit well the benefit is that you don't have to well there's a couple of benefits you don't have to go through the the hassle of putting it on a depreciation schedule only to write it off in the current year you just okay. put it directly into an expense account okay yeah so tell me a little bit about depreciation yeah, depreciation is, and again, I'm talking about it from a tax perspective, but the thought process behind a depreciation is that if you buy an asset, again, the reason you put it, in a, let's say $10,000, I don't know, desk. Okay, that's mm-hmm. an expensive desk, but you get the point. The, the thinking behind depreciation is I bought an asset, so I put it on my balance sheet, but it's losing value over time, so I need to recognize that loss of value on my income statement or my profit and loss statement because ultimately – your profit and loss is norm is used to to project cash flow. So if every year I lose two thousand dollars of my ten on the asset I bought, I'm I'm just saying it depreciates over five years. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good thing to know to because depreciation is called a reserve. And basically, it, I think what they started, what they meant was, hey, every year put two grand away because in five years you've got to replace that desk. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's basically you systematically or over time costing a fixed asset onto the P&L to recognize the fact that it has lost value. Okay. Most people so, don't use it that way. Most people don't say, man, every year my depreciation, I should have that much in an escrow account. But that's the thinking. Okay. Is that the assets I own have lost value and eventually I have to replace them. So I need the money. That's why it's a direct hit to your profit and loss. I need the money at some point in time to replace those things. So do that... But the asset wouldn't necessarily affect your tax burden. The depreciation on the asset does. The depreciation you get is a deduction. Okay. Yeah. So on your profit and loss statement, you have a line that says depreciation, and it's a negative number. Okay. (laughs) So, like, that $10,000 desk, let me make Mm -hmm. sure I'm understanding this right. Year one, you you spent ten grand. Right. The next year. And let's just say you depreciate it over five years. Okay. So Two grand a year. So two grand a year. So the next year, is that two grand essentially a tax credit? It's a tax deduction. A tax deduction. Yep. Every year you would put $2,000 of depreciation on your profit and loss statement. Okay. And you can do this with anything over 2500 bucks. Correct. Most of them, though, I was giving you kind of the theoretical concept. Most of the, the assets, from a tax perspective... The government allows you to write them off immediately. They don't. Right. They don't. You don't have to do them over five years. You can just say, "Give me a ten thousand dollar depreciation deduction." Bam, you got it. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And so that's, again, that's that's, true. Yeah, that's why I mean, the water's kind of muddy too, because most people don't ever feel the effect of an asset depreciating over time mm-hmm. from a tax perspective, because they just write it off immediately. Let's take one that's probably more accurate. So like, you know, real estate obviously that you depreciate over x amount of years. Yeah, real estate's one of those funny things where you depreciate it. I'm using air quotes here, mm-hmm. but it really normally goes up in value. It right. really appreciates. But like, if you buy, you know. If you buy a truck for mm-hmm. your business, yep. that would that would you'd have a depreciation. Mm-hmm. For, Absolutely. And does are there certain years? Do you choose how many years you want to depreciate? No, that's or? that's no, it's that's defined in terms of the type of asset. So there's there's uh, classes of assets in the tax code, and then corresponding levels or. Um, periods that you depreciate them some three some five seven ten fifteen okay. goes on and on and on depending but it's all driven by the tax code okay what type of asset you have determines what type or the length of depreciation the recovery period is what they call it gotcha okay right. so what are some things that would be in your asset column on your PL? is it so assets are on your balance sheet out balance sheet yeah uh yeah so i mean we talked about it fixed assets accounts receivable that's an asset right so somebody somebody uh you bill somebody for a service and they you extend credit to them that's what happens when you give accounts receivable you're extending credit uh that's a balance sheet item that's a it's got value right you know if somebody is willing to pay you five thousand dollars for your services but they can't pay you right now well five thousand sits on your balance sheet as accounts receivable um what else would be investments you've made so if a business maybe a business has a money market account obviously all your bank accounts are assets um Trying to, I'm trying to bring it mm-hmm. back down. Like, just think of a balance sheet. You're going to start at the top. It's going to be the most liquid things, so the things that sell fast or you can use up quickly. So fixed assets, in terms of your assets on your balance sheet, are a little further down than cash because cash is liquid. You can spend it immediately. And then you have your investments, accounts receivable, that sort of thing. Prepaid insurance. So if you've got insurance that you've paid for a period, because most people pay their insurance and it's for the period the next year, right? Right. Prepaid insurance is an asset. Okay. Those kind of things. Gotcha. All right. All right. Liabilities. Liabilities, I guess, would be the the opposite. So liabilities are ob- obligations you have to pay. Um, normally, um, those would be like accounts payable. So accounts payable would be kind of the inverse of accounts receivable. Um, so like Tyler, you send me an invoice for a thousand bucks. That's a receivable to you. It's accounts payable to me. So that's kind of a way to think about it. Right. Um, any credit card liabilities, like balances due or sales tax liabilities, the names liabilities in there. Uh, and then obviously notes payable. Um, so that's pretty, you know, anything you owe a car loan, a, um, real estate, that sort of thing. Okay. So there are obligations to pay. Gotcha. That one seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Equity. Equity, uh, you, so you could describe it a couple ways. Equity, so the accounting equation is assets equals liabilities minus equity. So your net worth is what's left after you take your assets minus your liabilities. That's your equity. Net worth and equity could be interchangeable terms. Okay. Um, so equity is just that. It's, the, it's what's left in the difference between the assets and the liabilities. But it also, and, and I'm trying to not get too technical in it, but equity is basically the retained You've heard the term retain earnings. Mm-hmm. Retain basically money you've made that you've not drawn out of the business plus money that you've contributed is really that's what your equity is. Yeah. And for practical purposes, I know when I've looked at like the P&L for a year, like your personal salary or yeah. draws for, as an owner yeah. is included in that equity. Correct. And it's always like, oh, yeah, but 
I spent that money. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, let's, let's talk about that because I think in one of the episodes you were like, they should put your draws on the p and yeah. like, I'm like, but no, but here's why. Because a draw is a draw from profits. So your, your, all your P&L tells you is what you have available to spend. Right. Whether you, so if you then take a draw that you didn't say was your salary, which is a whole different kind of discussion, then that is a dividend. It comes from your profits or it reduces equity. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm looking at your eyes and I'm like, I'm hoping I'm making this, I'm trying to make it simple. Yeah. No, it's just always, yeah, they should have some caveats because it's like you'd want to, like I think of equity as like, okay, this is my the net worth of the business. Right. But it's like, well, for most small business owners, if you're living on a chunk of the, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be profits, I guess, at that point. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. are. The profit, yeah. you profits sit there and you draw from them. Right. Yeah. You don't have much equity. Most small businesses don't have much equity. Yeah. It's because the owner drains the bank account. Yeah. They make profits, they pull it out. And and to the extent they don't have future obligations or 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 needs for cash flow out three, four, five months. Right. You know, you maybe have a static cash balance. I have a client that does this. They say, We have two hundred fifty thousand. Once we get over two fifty, we take a distribution. Right. And draw it down to two fifty. That's kind of our and, and what they're saying is we've come up with a number that makes sense to us to meet our two, three, probably four-month obligations sure. if stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that. My, uh, there's a book I read, Profit yeah. First, that was all about that, mm-hmm. how, like, you yep. design the business to profit first. That's right. Yeah. Love Profit First. Yeah. All right. To that end, revenue. Revenue. And and, I, and a couple of them I'll throw you. Revenue and then the difference between gross profit, net, are you writing this down? Because you're asking me like <laughs> yeah. four things at once. Yeah, go ahead. All right, revenue. Well, revenue is just... And this is the last one, by the way. Okay, revenue is the income you earn for producing or s- selling your product or producing your service. So I always go back to examples. I'm just an example person, I guess. That's yeah, how I learn. That's how I learn. If you bill me, Tyler, for $1,000 for producing this podcast, it's $1,000 of revenue to you or income. You know, use interchangeably. Gotcha. And so Sales. People, like... Same at the, thing. At the cocktail parties, people will say top line revenue. That's right. That's the same thing as saying that's right. Revenue. Top line revenue yeah. is revenue. Right. Yeah. Meaning what they're what they're saying is it's not the bottom line, which is your profit. Right. Yeah. You hear people want I want to grow the top line. Mm-hmm. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So at cocktail parties, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, would gross profit is that different than top line revenue? Yes. Gross profit is your revenue minus cost of goods sold. Gotcha, and we already discussed. And how- you'll hear people talk gross profit percentage. Okay. Again, back to that concept I was giving you about when you sell something for fifteen bucks, and it costs you ten, so it's five dollars. So five over fifteen would be your gross profit. So a third, and that example would be your gross profit percentage. Okay. So you could say, man, if I do a hundred thousand dollars in sales, what gross profit I'm going to have? Well, thirty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars. And then you know that that figure is available then to cover your operating expenses. So again, why it's helpful to know these things, it kind of or gross margins, another one you hear. It's an mm-hmm. interchangeable term with gross profit. Gotcha. All right. Lightning round real quick. Yeah. We talked earlier about you mentioning uh, variable costs versus fixed. Right. Give it to us. Variable costs versus So I would tell you, it's a, this is a little advanced, but, man, if you can get this concept. And I, I think most small business owners that are successful kind of in, like inherently get this. Okay. Variable costs are what they sound like. They're costs that vary directly with sales. So... If you have the best example, a commission you have to pay. Maybe you bought a business and you owe a commission every time you sell or royalty. 
that's a variable cost. You only incur that cost when you have an increased production. So I sell an item for a hundred bucks and I owe a 10% royalty. I owe a 10, it's $10, but that cost doesn't go up. It only goes up. It only varies with sales. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it. Fixed cost or cost that you have, like your rent, whether you sell a hundred items or none, you're going to pay that rent. That's the way to think of it. So there's a concept called contribution margin. And this is like a cost. I'm not a cost accountant, but I learned this obviously in school and it's a good kind of tool. I think people could understand this. Your contribution margin is what you sell minus your cost of goods sold. Okay. So, and this, I keep using the same example of I sold something for 15 and it cost me 10. And that example, my contribution margin is $5. How many of those $5 units do I have to sell to meet my operating or fixed cost? So if my fixed costs were $100,000, my rent, my payroll, utilities, all that was hundred grand. And I know every time I sell a unit, which is the only thing our business does, is sell a unit and make $5 per unit net. I know I have to sell 20000 of those units to break even. That's my break even point. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of bringing the conversation forward. A lot of people talk about, like, what's my break even point? Well, first you got to know what your contribution margin or your gross profit yeah. per unit. Then you got to know your fixed costs. So I know I make $5 per unit. I got to do 20000 of those to meet $100,000 of fixed yeah. costs. No, I mean, I didn't know that as terms, but we had similar spreadsheets when we were, like, doing software as a service models right. or subscription models. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing, okay, it's going to take three developers or, you know, right. X amount of people, which which this much overhead means we got to have this this many customers before we're even that's right. You were kind of doing, yeah. you were, yeah, that's again, I think most people that understand numbers to a certain extent, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, but they need to know that you need to know what, sure. what it costs for you to break even. Yeah. How many units do you need to sell or how many of that service do you have to provide? Good deal. Well, you got all the answers, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but good, if good. you've got more questions, um, you know, certainly things that, um, you know, are more nuanced than what we talked about today. Go to mirror.group. You guys can touch base with the mirror group there and uh, they can certainly handle all of your accounting uh, needs beyond just the basic terms. (laughs) Right, right. Um, That's it for today. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. All right.